Hi, I'm Isabel Allen, Editor of Architecture Today, and this is 80 Conversations with Inevidesk. My guests today are Sadie Morgan, who's a director of DRMM Architects and also founded the Quality of Life Foundation, and Lucy Musgrave, who is the founder of Publica. Um, Sadie, we're going to talk today about the Quality of Life Foundation and your recent report. Can you just summarise what it is and why you set it up? Thank you. Uh, It's fantastic to be here. So thanks for the uh, invitation. So the Quality of Life Foundation is a a non-for-profit organization that is really just trying to uh, encourage health and well-being to be put at the heart of designing and delivering our homes. So we think the UK needs more and better quality homes. There's too much short-term thinking uh, in the housing sector, local and national government, and we want to sort of turn the tide and encourage from the sort of bottom up, I suppose, uh, uh, a better and more sustainable um, housing industry. And I know you've just um, published this framework, which kind of translates big ideas into practical actions, which is obviously the crucial thing. Can you just quickly explain what Publica does? And then I'd be really interested to know your role in uh, contributing to the framework. So we were really honoured to be able to contribute to the Quality of Life Foundation and our research and this literature review were led by a fantastic team at Publica and Dr Lucy Pritchard. Um, so Publica is um, a research and urban design practice and we work at a number of different scales looking at you know sort of how we can contribute to thinking about I suppose it's about dignity in everyday life in terms of actually the spaces that we use in terms of patterns of movement who uses them who designs them who plans them so some of it's about setting policy Um, we are launching uh, for the mayor of London the evening and nighttime guidance and we've set policies like the making London a child-friendly city Um, so there's some 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 city-wide stuff and then there's also our work in terms of setting strategies so at the moment we're the design guardian for the Oxford Street District and we also design some stuff. So we design Bond Street from top to bottom, and that won the award for the best public realm in London. So it's really thinking about, you know, sort of how you can use all the spaces in between buildings, as well as the ground floor use of the uh, city in terms of being democratic and welcoming. So Sadie set up the Quality of Life Foundation, and one of the things that she wanted to do um, was to really have a very rigorous evidence base in terms of a literature review around definitions in terms of what do we mean by quality of life? What, how, how do people describe quality of life and, and, and this term well-being? Um, and, and how can we ensure that we're really using the analysis across all government departments? And so our contribution right at the beginning was just to make sure that Sadie had that kind of starting point in terms of really reflecting on it I wanted to ask Sadie a question Sadie why did you set it up you know you, you've done this single-handedly what what, what drove you to do this what right were here, you right thinking now? <laughs> what was I thinking yeah. <laughs> well to be I mean you know it, it hasn't been really single-handedly it started with a number of conversations that came out at, 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 actually at the time uh, when when building better building beautiful was being put together um, I was thinking, gosh, are we just going to go back to a situation where, you know, aesthetics is, you know, becomes a kind of talking point about the, the way that we live and operate and the, and the way that we design and deliver our homes. And um, al- although, you know, I have to say that perhaps, you know, it, it, the, the, that particular report did, you know, did much better than just kind of narrowing it back to the aesthetic argument. 
Um, what I wanted to do is really understand what it was that, you know, what is the bread and butter of the, you know, of, of, of what makes uh, your building and your, um, and your environment improve the quality of your life? What is it that we need to um, really sort of fundamentally have a have a you know really sort of think about our health our well-being and and how does how does the built environment impact that how does it help or or not um so a number of conversations you know with a number of people uh tony pidgley the late tony pidgley was very generous in in giving a, a very large grant to help start up the organization and since then we've had incredible support from you know number of uh, grosvenor um, you and I, um, the Crown Estates. Uh, I mean, there's a whole range of people who've sort of got gotten involved. Um, and, and in a way, that is your power, isn't it? Because I think you know the the rhetoric sounds very kind of snuggly and and touchy feely, but the fact that you know Tony Pidgeley of of all people, you know, perhaps the the quintessential big tough volume house builder, has actually put his money where his mouth is, and and you know, in a way it's become his legacy project, which is kind of unfortunate in terms of timing, but also also great. That, that it seems to me, is, is your special thing at the moment. You know, there have been lots of people on the sidelines wanting change, but they haven't necessarily been aligned to the people who actually have the money and the clout to bring about change. Do you think that that's to do with a peculiar time in history when actually the kind of the big boys in the marketplace are willing to think differently, or is it down to your personal powers of persuasion (laughs) gosh I wish it was the latter (laughs) um no I mean you know we've even but you know in the last few years I I think there has been an you know I wouldn't there's not been a sea change but there's definitely been a kind of wider understanding that that we need to address some of the bigger issues be it sustainability climate and and tied into that are sort of health and well-being and and the conversations around how we value our you know the places that we live you know in relation to the kind of soft infrastructure rather than the hard infrastructure I think has been something that's that really has been you know we've been talking about and then mm. um the you know the pandemic all has you know the, the the last year has just brought that into total focus and and you know, the sort of zeitgeist of quality of life that we picked up on a year and a half ago, I think has just been just been played through in really sharp focus uh, over the last year and a half. And and we sort of come out and at a time where everybody's talking about it, but we we're now a year and a half ahead because thanks to, you know, Publica, thanks to um Urbed, Social Life, KZN, all the people who've been a part of the process of gathering this incredible research means mm. that we, you know, I think that we, we're sort of starting on the front foot. So you have this momentum, which is brilliant. I think you're right. It does seem fantastically timely. Um, you've got a, a lovely phrase, which is this uh, coalition of the willing which I really like um but you know the minute I read that I thought oh god I feel like my entire career is being beset by a coalition of the unwilling (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) uh, are you still finding resistance from people or are you just finding that you're pushing at an open door well you know yes you I'm I think we're absolutely pushing at an open door um but I've been knocking on doors that I you know (laughs) those who I feel will you know you know will really sort of understand the you know the 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 
the not only the framework but the you know the aims of the organization um the reason why you know lucy said what's your reason for starting up well one of the reasons was to sort of drag the you know sort of by showing by best practice and through the consumer you know there's lots of other things that we're doing which is trying to give the consumer a voice um and to make change by um in, you know by by encouragement as well as by you know um, by carrot as well as stick so so the answer is yes i'm sure there are you know um but they're keeping uh, out of your way <laughs> uh, but i well no i mean we um you know lucy will pick this up i'm sure but you know we the, the point is is that we we want this very much to be a um a tool that is used by you know the good the bad and the ugly <laughs> and um uh and so far i think um you know by shining the light on best practice which is what what we want to do by give really practical examples those who perhaps could do better can can see very easily how they might embed some of these you know some of these ideas into into the work that they're doing this is AT Conversations with Inevidesk. To find out more, visit inevidesk.uk. Part of the context of, you know, what you're both talking about in terms of has the world changed, there was a really um, important uh, inquiry by Grosvenor um, into a trust deficit and a trust, you know, in terms of that people do not trust uh, the development sector, but they also really worryingly don't trust the public sector. Um, it was a really shocking, actually, um, kind of wake up call, I think, in terms of actually what has happened to this concept of trust in, you know, in society and in public life and in terms of who does what to whom. And I completely agree with Sadie that I think that this has become in sharp relief in terms of inequality. Uh, we all experience, you know, our towns, cities, every aspect of our built environment, we all experience it completely differently, depending on a range of issues. You know, we've been obviously focusing very hard in terms of some issues about racism, um, about um, race and ethnicity, but also about gender, about age, about movement, about mobility, about, you know, you know, you name it, you know, that these are the issues that we've been looking at in terms of our COVID year. And I just... I mean, going back to the housing issue in terms of housing renewal, which is one of the things that we've written about, um, and some of the principles that are well, you know, sort of rehearsed in terms of lots of good work over the last 20 years. It, I, I suppose I've got a question and a comment. You know, the question to Sadie was why housing focused? Is that because everybody has, you know, this, this idea about basic human right that we have shelter, that we have, you know, something ideally that we can call home is that why you chose to focus at this moment in terms of the housing debate and the housing crisis and the housing need because obviously there's lots of issues about quality of life in terms of transport that you're very involved in and infrastructure as well as the workplace in terms of you know schools or you know etc I'm just interested in the typology but I suppose in terms of your question Isabel about you know what have we learned we, through the literature review, you know, and similar literature reviews around social isolation and loneliness and the built environment that we've been recently doing, and, and certainly in terms of this issue about, um, you know, community-led and, and social housing renewal agendas, there have been so much good practice put out there. There are so many good guides. There are, I mean, going back to CAVE, there is so much good research. We have a digital revolution. People can share all of this data. We can share best practice. 
the th one of the things the literature review, review found for Sadie's work is that often quality of life is mentioned in the foreword or in you know some of the early introduction points, but it actually there's no recommendations of how. So I think that you know that there are some there's some really depressing and worrying things about why have we not been uh, taking any of these joined up things you know seriously, and I think one. One of the things that's been very useful is actually the Office of National Statistics talking about well-being. Actually, let's measure how well are we doing as individuals, as communities, as society. So I think that the world has changed a bit. Um, but I'm kind of interested in going back to my question to Sadie about this thing about why housing? And is it new housing only or are you interested in the housing renewal thing? Because, yeah, I've got tons to say on housing renewal, but uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I will answer that. But I think the other thing that came out of the literature review that we found was um, so interesting was that no one actually asked residents. You know, there's a lot of very sort of clever professional people telling, you know, talking about quality of life, but very, very few people actually asked, uh, you know, um, uh, sort of communities uh, across uh, across the UK so that's you know after the literature review that's what we did we went and did a nationwide piece of research based on the work that uh, Lucy and public had done around the around the themes control wonder health movement uh, nature and belonging so all of you know we, we set a questionnaire that we then went out to um you know, England, Scotland, Wales, Ireland, you know, geographically really diverse places and and also um, and, and communities and ask those questions. And, the, and that plus the literature review, plus talking to uh, professionals is, is all it all came together to, to make up the framework. So did, I think that, that that did that conversation, that process of asking communities yield any unexpected answers? No, what was interesting was the themes were so similar. It didn't matter where you went, you know, from uh, uh, and uh, and community in particular. I mean, we started pre-lockdown and worked through post-lockdown. So mm. I suppose you one would assume, you know, one could say perhaps in terms of the kind of real focus on community, that might have been a little bit skewed. But it was absolutely, con you know, the, the messages were consistent. Um, you know, going to Lucy's point, you know, the sense of belonging is something that is incredibly important. You know, she talked about playfulness. Well, you know, sense of fun and wonder. That's something that people don't often really necessarily think about. But it's it's absolutely key to um, kind of keeping us sort of healthy and happy. Um, so I feel very confident in the in the sort of in the not just in the research, but the fact that we really are talking about things that affect really do affect people that you know aren't necessarily mm. the kind of it's not the professional voice we're really clear that we wanted to a write the framework in in easy language easily understandable connect to anybody this is you know yes that it's for communities it's for developers and local authorities but we're really trying to sort of talk about these issues in a way that is really that people can really sort of connect to and to, to go back to Lucy's question why housing because I felt it was the one thing that perhaps, you know, I had an opportunity, not I, but, you know, within the work that I do, <laughs> you mm. know, I'm sitting on the Board of Homes England. Uh, we've done similar things, as Lucy knows, on the National Infrastructure Commission um, and, you know, through my work as an architect at DRMM. You know, all of I, I just felt that, you know, 
it's such a the world needs many things to change around our our you know not just the industry but um the way that designers and architects just you know design deliver the way you know um clients commission the way that you know builders build you know all of those things I just thought you know I'm not gonna I've got to bite off something I can chew Mm, and it Uh, is it is the easiest way into a national debate in a way isn't it in that every single person either uh lives in or I think I'm right in saying almost every single person either lives in or aspires to live in a home, you know, in terms of just thinking, is this relevant to me? Like we might all use hospitals and schools and roads and woodland and all those things, but, but we're not so consciously aware that we are stakeholders in that conversation. But, but all these things are also totally interconnected. We have 10 million people living in, living in 4.3 million, you know, unhealth, homes that just are, you know, aren't of the right quality, aren't, aren't healthy enough. You know, mm. That affects, you know, if you play that through the NHS, if you play that through kids going to school, you know, who've come, come from homes that, you know, with poor, poor air quality, a damp or, you know, all, all the things that, you know, really can affect that they have no access to nature you know just there's a fun and wonder all of those things Mm. that are are affect your quality of life at home this is 80 conversations with an everdesk making powerful affordable virtual desktops a reality in terms of recommendations and i understand there's no quick fix for any of this but are there any kind of clear messages as to what has to change either in the public sector or the private sector the the, I think picking up on Sadie's point about valuing local knowledge and actually asking you know and making sure I mean you know many of the previous um, frameworks and strategies and kind of things that have been useful toolkits have still been very top down. And that was certainly the case in terms of some of the central government guidance um, that we were looking at. You know, Anne Lacatan of Lacatan Basel, she just won the Pritzker Prize yesterday. They're incredible um, French practice. She was part of um, the case studies we were looking at in terms of uh, the book we did called Vital Neighbourhoods on social housing and housing renewal. And Anne has always said, you know, the experts of housing are residents. Mm-hmm. You know, if you really want to understand what the issues are, then you've got to ask the experts and the experts and exactly what Sade is saying in terms of we've over-professionalized and it's been very top down. So I think that the value of local knowledge is one of the absolutely key things in terms of the recommendation. And then I suppose this point that we were trying to make in terms of um, testing and adapting and having loops so that, you know, that the Quality of Life Foundation can, you're doing all this action research, you're doing, you know, you're doing the framework, you're setting yourself new targets for primary research. Um, You know, I think that what we've been looking at in terms of people's different experience of, you know, towns and cities in terms of gender over the last few weeks, in terms of the, you know, the real public debate that we're having, that everybody experiences things differently and some people's homes are not their safe place. You know, Mm -hmm. some things we just haven't been talking about in our sector, um, we're not all equal, that we all have different perspectives, we have different experiences, we have different barriers to access, we have different um, opportunities. And, and I suppose I would hope that, you know, that the foundation's inaugural year and going forward, that, you know, many uh, bodies and research inquiries and institutions are taking this stuff seriously in terms of being able to now reflect upon all these missing bits of knowledge. 
Lucy picked up on, on an important point. So, so the work now going forward and, and that we've been doing in parallel is, is post-occupancy reviews. So this is about, you know, actually asking and learning, you know, uh, uh, from, from people's experiences. And, and to Lucy, to your point that, that you know, that's, that's residents in, you know, existing buildings as well as looking to, to new. So what we're trying to do is build up a, a real um, a, a sort of knowledge bank, uh, that one that is over time, one that relates to the ONS data so that it, everybody, you know, so you can be comparable. So lots of developers are at the moment are saying, oh, we're doing our own post-occupancy and, you know, the worst are, you know, would you recommend us to a friend? Um, and the best are trying to ask sort of similar questions, a sort of wider context. But what they're not doing is, is A, they're not independent. Mm. <laughs> um, and B, they are, um, they're only sort of comparing themselves to themselves. So um, we're very keen to say, okay, based on national research, based on what residents really think, we're going to set, you know, we're going to put together a set of questions. We've got real worth, who've very, you know, sort of experts in social value to help us construct what that looks like. Tie it back into the ONS um, data, and and to have a what we hope is a really rich set of information, um, you know, over time to uh, allow us to to sort of make those improvements and 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 to share that, you know, to share to share that information. Do you feel like this is a lifetime vocation and that you're just going to plug away making incremental improvements? Or is there a milestone when you'll be able to say, right, done that project, moving on to the next one? I think that's a really good. I mean, one of the big pieces of work we want to do is a people's housing audit. So turn this into something that is actually, um, you know, where is consumer led. And uh, and to really rate rate our national house builders against people's mm. as you know what what people really do think about the, the the outcomes in terms of their quality of life over time, and I think if we can really get that up and running um, based on the framework, uh, which is ever you know is, is always it's a, it's a kind of fluid you know it's not it's not a static piece of work then you know then maybe that might affect change. You know, when I started this, it, the thing that I always said is that you can rate your hotel experience, you can rate your meal, but you just can't rate where you live. And that's a very, you know, you could say that's yeah, a very sort of, um, it's not a very sophisticated argument, but, that, you know, that would be reflective of how I look at things, you know. You know, I go to the Lewin in London Bridge. Is, was that a smiley face or a sad face? You know, it's kind of, I wanted something as intuitive as, as, as that and something that really, you know, um, was reflective of what people felt now you know that's turned into I think p- probably I hope a more sophisticated framework and a more sophisticated way of making that happen but the ultimate aim is the same you know can we get to a place where uh, those of us who are you know living renting you know within homes of any tenure are able to influence in some way uh, those, those, you know, the, the buildings that, you know, the homes that will be built, but also make improvements to, to um, you know, where, where they are already. Looking at the answers that people have come up with about what matters, I think a lot of them, as you say, are, are very intuitive and never change. The one which struck me was, was wonder. And I think especially right at the moment, we've got so much about fear and safety and these sort of 
um, yes, very, very important issues, but actually they're almost sort of starting from a negative position in how you iron it out. Whereas wonder seems to me a, a, a sort of magical, I mean, I love the idea that people can even have that word in their vocabulary when they're thinking about things built by volume house builders. Um, do you have a sense of what people mean when they say wonder? Wonder in terms of character, culture, distinctiveness, enjoyment, you know, a sense of positivity in terms of the relationships that you have with neighbours, um, many things that we need to do in terms of this concept of quality of life and well-being and making sure that people aren't facing barriers or feeling uncomfortable in places or feeling unsafe or feeling, you know, and I think you get wonder is just this extraordinary moment of enjoying life and, and not enough mm. people enjoy life um, and not enough children. You know, we've got 97% of young women face street harassment and sexual harassment, 97% of our female population of young women. I mean, that is not wonder or enjoyment. That is stress. That's unhappiness. That's really difficult. So I think we've just got to, as a society, we've got to start actually aspiring a bit higher. Um, and yeah, this conversation is part of that aspiration, I think. And Sadie, over to you. What, 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 what's your definition of wonder in this context? I, I think Lucy's just done such a fantastic job. But one of the things that remind you know, that I really enjoy about that wonder section is is when it says it's not just children who like to play, mm-hmm. and um, and actually you know we all need to be able to play, <laughs> and we all need to be able to do that independently, as Lucy says, without fear, without recrimination. But we need to do it with a kind of lightness of heart. Uh, and and to do so in a way that brings us joy and happiness and allows us to sort of just have some respite from I think what's been the most extraordinary kind of year but you know looking forward things are going to get things are going to be tough and um, boy I you know do we need some do we need some wonder in our lives we do and I think that's um, a great place to end it uh, thank you very very much Lucy and Sadie You've been listening to 80 Conversations with Inevidesk. To subscribe, visit architecturetoday.co.uk forward slash podcasts.